Do you want to learn even more about dyslexia and how students with dyslexia learn how to read? Do you want to have a better understanding of special education terminology, the advantages of dyslexia, and how to help your child with dyslexia? For a limited time, you can sign up for lifetime access to my Understanding Dyslexia online course with a special 20% discount just for my dyslexia-devoted listeners. This course is only open to new participants from now until Thanksgiving 2022. Then I'm closing it down and preparing for my new course opening later this winter. So sign up today while it's still available using the link in this episode description and the promo code PODCAST for 20% off. I hope to see you there. Hello, and welcome to Dyslexia Devoted, the podcast dedicated to building awareness, understanding, and strategies to help those with dyslexia. I'm your host, Lisa Parnello, dyslexia therapist and founder of Parnello Education Services. Join me as we dive into today's episode of Dyslexia Devoted. Hello, friends, and welcome back. Dyslexia and ADHD often go hand in hand. Welcome to episode 23 of Dyslexia Devoted, and today we're going to be revisiting the topic of ADHD. It has been the most popular episode of this podcast, and this week some things came up with the kids, so I'd like to focus this episode on the child perspective. Today we're going to discuss talking to kids about ADHD, talking to your child's doctor about medications and med changes, and lastly, how ADHD affects girls differently. Before I get started on today's episode, I want to share a podcast with you that I've become completely addicted to, which is called Sold a Story. It's about how schools got started with some of the reading curriculums that they're using now that really don't effectively teach reading. It's by the reporter Emily Hanford, and it takes a deep dive into the reading programs that many schools use today and why schools still use programs that don't work. There are six episodes altogether being released once a week, so there's four of them ready to listen to right now and two more coming soon. And I have to tell you, I can't wait to hear where the last two lead us. Because while I know about many of the details that she's reporting on, because I teach kids with dyslexia, so I've done a lot of research about why schools use certain curriculums, but there's certain connections between things I never knew. So even if you think you're very versed in the world of education, this one might be for you because there's some unexpected connections that I sure didn't know about. So maybe you don't either. It's great for both parents and for teachers and educators. So this podcast is for anybody who wants to change the course of education for all kids, not just kids with dyslexia. All right, time to dive into the focus of this week's episode, and we're going to start by talking about ADHD with kids. This week, I've had several of my kids choose to talk to me about their ADHD during our learning sessions, and it was such an inspiration to create another episode focused on ADHD. First, it makes me so proud of them that they feel that my office is a safe space to share how they really feel. The first kiddo was at the end of a day when my typically hardworking high school student's attention was definitely drifting away. I asked her what was going on, and she said her meds had worn off for the day because of what time she had taken them in the morning. I was so proud of her, first, for being self-aware of how her attention was fading, and to notice that there was a difference. And then I was proud of her on how well she self-advocated when she couldn't focus, so that I could change the way I work with her based on the need in that moment. So I change my level of support with the kids when I know they genuinely can't do something any longer, compared to if I know a student's just you know, pushing boundaries a little bit, I might push them back and try to get them to come out of their shell a little more and give us some stronger effort versus I can tell when a kid really is giving their best effort and there's just nothing left in the tank. So it's important for kids to be able to speak up when they have those moments where they just can't give anymore. They've given it all. And it also reminds me that it's so important to have these conversations and have them be casual and comfortable conversations so that kids feel comfortable bringing up the topic again in the future. So this student and I have worked together for years, 
And so it's a really easy conversation for us to have. She knows that she's on medication and that it helps her and that she can focus really well when she's on it. But sometimes when it's things like rehearsal season for her plays at school and things like that, then we might have to meet a little later or she might have to take them a little earlier in the day if she has to get to school earlier. And it makes changes to how focused she can be by the time we have our evening sessions. And so it's really important that that relationship building over the years makes it strong enough that the kid can bring up this information because it's really critical information and not being ashamed to say, I have ADHD and I need medication and it really helps me. Sometimes it wears off and I can't focus as much anymore. And so we need kids to be comfortable having those conversations with the people that matter most. Then the next conversation came with a middle school student who's just starting to understand his dyslexia and ADHD. We were working together and we often do a good mix of work and chatting about things. And usually when I say chatting about things, it's, you know, why does the language work this way? Or is dyslexia the reason why I blah, blah, blah. And so this week when we were working together, he asked me if it's really good for him to have to sit down and read for a really long time. He explained that his mom really wants him to read for a long time and he really can't do it. After about 10 or 15 minutes, he doesn't remember what he's reading anymore and he really can't focus any longer. He knows that reading is important and he has to keep practicing the skills that him and I are learning together, but he also knows he can't do it for as long as his mom wants. So that's when we talked about how he needs to use his self-advocacy skills and I gave him a strategy to help solve the problem. I told him to tell his mom that he can't focus for that long and that he can read for the amount of time that she wants each day, but that he needs to break it up and move in between. He needs to make sure that his mom knows that he's not trying to get out of doing the work, but he definitely needs to do it differently. Just like I talked about in episode 21, self-advocacy is critical, and you have to do it the right way to make sure you're getting your needs met without making somebody else think you're just trying to get out of something. So sometimes it's about taking a strong approach to advocating why you need to do things differently, not that you won't do them at all. And talking to kids about their ADHD, about how they have to do things differently and speak up about they will get it done, but they might need to do it in a different way than some of their peers. And the next kiddo that brought up their ADHD with me this week came into my office acting very out of character and far more silly than usual. The student opened up that they went off their medication because they weren't sure they liked being on it. Now, this is actually pretty typical for when students hit middle school because they become a lot more self-aware. They try to access their independence and try to make decisions for themselves. So it's not actually all that uncommon. And I told them that medication is a choice and there's going to be pros and cons and each person has to weigh what their options are. What are your goals that you're trying to achieve? And do you have the strategies to reach those goals? And are those strategies really working for you when you're off your medication? Then this actually brings me to my next point, which is that it is critical to talk to doctors about medications and any changes. During this talk with a student, I discovered they did not talk to their doctor before stopping their medication. They went cold turkey without consulting with anyone. This can be dangerous. Some medications are not safe to suddenly stop taking. Any changes should be made with a doctor's supervision to make sure that it is done correctly and safely. This is why it's so important to focus on talking to kids about their ADHD and making those casual conversations easy to have all the time so they can feel safe to have conversations about how medications are making them feel so parents and doctors can help guide them to adjust any medication correctly. We do not want to be making any change to anything medical without consulting a medical professional. Often medications for ADHD with kids require a team. Since kids know how they feel, they don't always know how to explain it or how to make appropriate decisions. It's important to consult with doctors and teachers anytime that there's a med change. 
You're going to consult with the doctor to make healthy and safe decisions. You're going to consult with the teacher so that they know changes in behavior may be part of an adjustment to medication. I know I will treat a child very differently if I know that they are not in control of their behaviors compared to if I think a kid is just pushing limits and they're not doing what they should normally be able to do. So if I can tell the boundaries of where that is for a kid, if I've known a student for many years or even just many months, I can usually know the difference between a kid who's pushing their boundaries and a kid who really can't control their behavior any longer. But sometimes that comes with a caveat. If there's been a change in medication, a behavior they used to be able to control, maybe they can't control right now. Whenever you are changing medications, sometimes it takes some time to build up in their system, and it's not always a quick, easy change. Sometimes doctors have to try more than one medication until they find one that works right. If the teachers know a student is changing medications, then they can make special notes about their behavior changes so that information can be provided to the doctor to make the best medical decision possible. Since behaviors can be very different at home versus at school, it's helpful to connect the doctor directly to the teacher if you can. I just talked to a doctor this week, and part of our conversation was about if a student's behavior may be related to ADHD or anxiety. Some mental health challenges like anxiety have similar symptoms. So a doctor and a teacher can really parse out the nuances since, for example, a jittery student may be anxious and instead of it necessarily being a sign of ADHD, it may be a sign of anxiety. So if a doctor and teacher can work together to talk about the specific situations that exhibit specific behaviors, then it can be a little bit more easy for the doctor to make the best decision for the child. So if possible, try to connect the doctor and the teacher whenever you can. All right, and now into our last focus of today, which is ADHD and girls. This week, I was listening to the Gold Digger podcast, and I was so excited to see that her latest episode, number 614, is titled, I Have ADHD, and Here's What I've Learned So Far. The host of the podcast revealed that at the age of 34, she just now learned she has ADHD. She struggled for many years with her undiagnosed ADHD, but she developed some coping strategies And so she was never diagnosed until she was an adult talking with an expert about ADHD in adults. And this is very common. I really enjoyed the fact that in this podcast, she was able to share her own story and break down some of the stigma around having ADHD because she's a super successful business owner. She has her own business. She runs a podcast that has thousands, maybe even millions of listeners And she has a thriving business where she does online courses and all sorts of things. And it's important for people to know that ADHD and dyslexia and all sorts of other learning differences don't make people any less successful. Sometimes those learning differences can make them super successful. So I like that she shared her story to help break the stigma around ADHD and learning differences. Girls with ADHD often develop other traits, such as becoming a perfectionist, which can mask the symptoms And since they aren't failing their classes and not failing at life, people think, see, they're fine. They're getting great grades. There's nothing wrong. ADHD can look very different in girls since they internalize a lot of their behaviors, unlike many boys who externalize and act out when they have ADHD. Since the behaviors can look so different, many girls never get diagnosed with ADHD or they get diagnosed as an adult when they start becoming more self-aware and realizing some of the behaviors that they have are actually symptoms of ADHD. Girls often blame themselves for their mistakes instead of acting out. Girls may blurt out or interrupt rather than physically moving a lot, so it comes across as them being chatty or being very social. They also may appear to be more emotional and wear their heart on their sleeve, which is often attributed to just being a girl rather than having ADHD 
and it's preventing them from controlling their emotions from their ADHD, not because they're a girl and they're just too emotional. I've linked an article from understood.org about ADHD in girls so that you can read some more details about ADHD and how it might present differently for girls. Now, if you'd like to see a more detailed article, check out the link that I've also shared with you in the show notes from Child Mind Institute, also about girls with ADHD. Okay, I'm about to recap this week's episode, but make sure you stay tuned for another minute or two after that because I have some extra details about next week's episode. So to recap, first we talked about how important it is to talk to kids about their ADHD, including using strategies to approach things differently when they need to, how to self-advocate for themselves, and how to talk to adults about their ADHD. Then we talked about the essential part that doctors play in ADHD and consulting with them before making any decisions, including letting the doctor and teacher talk if possible, and always consulting a doctor before changing medications. Lastly, we talked about how differently girls show symptoms of ADHD and how they often internalize behaviors and start acting like a perfectionist instead of acting very wiggly and acting out the way often boys do which is why boys often get diagnosed for ADHD, but girls often do not. And then I linked a couple of articles for you if you'd like to read a little bit more about girls with ADHD and the way some of those symptoms might present so that you can talk to a doctor if necessary. All right, friends, thanks for listening today. Next week will likely be a little bit different for our episode. I will be at the International Dyslexia Association Conference in Texas on the day that I normally record our episodes. So we'll either have an on-the-go recording without my usual microphone or I will publish a little later in the week instead of my usual Sunday evening episode launch. If you're going to be at the conference and you happen to see me while you're there, come and say hi. I'll be presenting the dyslexia simulation on Saturday morning with other members of the NorCal IDA board. Thanks for listening today. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Dyslexia Devoted. Join us for our next episode by subscribing to this podcast as we devote each episode to different aspects of dyslexia. See you next time.